Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we bring on Sean Cannell. Most people don't change, right, until the pain is high enough. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the highest level of wisdom and discipline would be to to make that decision before you see the pain. Like you probably don't start working on your relationship until you have a blowout fight and realize it's yeah. about to split. Yeah. As opposed to just investing in it all the time. Right. You just start working on your health until it breaks down. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. I hope you are having the best day ever. Today, we bring on Sean Cannell. You might have not heard of Sean before, That's because this episode is about biohacks for entrepreneurs and pain to purpose and some really incredible golden nuggets in terms of the mindset we want to have when we want to create results in our life with our health, with our finances, with our relationship. Sean is the CEO and founder of Think Media. He's a dear friend of mine, a mentor, and he's got an incredible story to share with you today, which I'll give you some highlights about in a second. But I want to say this first. I just celebrated my 39th birthday a couple days ago, September 5th. I turned 39 years young. And it's interesting to reflect back at little Ben, teenager Ben, childhood Ben. I was physically and mentally obese. I was lacking self-confidence. I was scared of taking chances. And I had really bad behaviors and addictions to drugs and video games and sugar and toxic relationships. And, you know, fast forward to now, I'm 39 years young and I am living on purpose with my purpose. I stretch myself, get out of my comfort zone. I take chances. I just love what I do, you know, with this podcast, with our Keto Camp platform and being able to teach and serve the world. And it's so cool to kind of see that 180. And I share that because doesn't really matter what you're going through. Don't bring those big problems to your God. Bring your big God to those problems. Whatever challenges you're going through, understand, hey, it's not happening to you. Let's get out of that mindset. Why is this happening to me? Instead, it's happening for you. There's a reason. There's a blessing. And don't waste the gifts adversity. So I sit here recording this intro to the podcast, 39 years young, super grateful, fired up. I feel like I'm just getting started and we have a lot of great things coming to the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Now let's talk about today's episode. Sean Cannell, he actually 
traveled to Miami, which is where I live. My Keto Camp podcast studio and headquarters is in Miami. Sean was attending a conference by Patrick Bet David called The Vault. I also was attending that conference. So we set up a podcast interview the day before the conference. So he drove to my place. Well, actually took an Uber to my place. And I had him explore my kitchen. <laughs> if you saw my Instagram stories, he was geeking out with all the supplements and biohacks I had in my house and in my kitchen. Made him a nice cold brew coffee with some lion's mane mushrooms, some rhodiola and some different hacks in, or I should say health biohacks in that coffee. And then we sat down and recorded a podcast in person. So the audio is perfect. Uh, epic conversation. He's going to share his pain to purpose, why he got started as an entrepreneur, why he focused on YouTube. And I think one of the most important things, because we do talk about biohacks and some of his favorite biohacks, red light therapy, PMF mats, like we're going to talk about health and biohacks for sure. But I think for you, the listener right now, the most important thing that we discussed was towards the end when I asked Sean the question, look, there's people listening to the podcast that have a story. It's you listening right now. You, maybe you've lost 100 pounds, 200 pounds. Maybe you reversed your diabetes or autoimmune condition or you're about to. That's part of your mission. You have a story to tell. And there are so many ways to get your story out there. There's social media. And YouTube is by far the best platform to get that message out there, serve your community, serve more people. I use all the social media platforms and I think it's great to use them and not let them use you. But hands down, YouTube is number one. And Sean is a YouTube scientist. I've learned the majority of everything that I've learned about YouTube from him and Think Media. So he's going to encourage you to, as he says, just press record. Get that message out there. Hey, maybe this inspires you to start a YouTube channel or a podcast that you turn into a YouTube channel like we have here. All of our podcast interviews go on the YouTube. He has a masterclass for you to learn more about YouTube as well. We'll put in the notes. But before I bring him on, I want to get into today's Apple Podcast rating and review of the day from Caroline in Washington. Caroline says, I'm loving the show. I just started listening to Keto Camp two weeks ago, and I am addicted. I am a registered nurse. I love the way Ben brings back his information with evidence-based. I'm amazed how much misinformation is being fed to us. I have shared so many episodes with friends and family, and I'm hooked. Thank you, Ben, for the education you share. I appreciate you so very much. Well, Caroline, I appreciate you so very much. Thank you so much for listening and sharing it with your friends and family. That's how we change lives. That's how we reach more people. And your review also helps us accomplish that as well, Caroline. Hey, Caroline, if you're listening to this, shoot me an email, support at ketocamp.com. I want to give you a gift for taking the time to leave that rating and review. Just say, hey, Ben told me to email you about a gift for my rating and review on the podcast, and I'm going to give you something nice. Hey, if you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review as of yet, please do so on whatever platform you're listening from. Maybe I'll read yours and give you a gift on the next episode. All right, my friends, let's dive right into the conversation, to a deep conversation with Sean Cannell. Sean Cannell is the CEO of Think Media and co-founder of Video Influencers. He's a YouTuber, international speaker, and one of today's leading online video experts and the world's most watched YouTube strategist. Sean's YouTube channels have combined over 2 million subscribers, and his videos have been viewed over 130 times. Let's go. He has been featured in the 20 must watch YouTube channels that will change your business by Forbes after growing a six-figure income 
As a tech YouTuber, he built a seven-figure online video education company that he still runs today. Here's my friend, Sean Cannell. We are here with the YouTube scientist himself, a friend, a mentor, Mr. YouTube Secrets, Sean Cannell. Welcome to the podcast, brother. Ben, I'm so fired up to be hanging out with you here in Miami. Grateful. We made it happen here in Miami. So we're not in Vegas. We're in Miami where a hurricane just flew by us. How was that for you getting in here from Las Vegas? I was a little bit nervous. People were like, what are you doing? You're crazy. And I don't don't think it really affected our flight path. The the pilot was like, it's all good. We're going to go up to Atlanta, fly down. But I hope everybody that's being affected is okay. Me too. Yeah, it looks like a big storm up in uh, Tampa Bay area. Yeah, That's the life of a Floridian. It's like you you get hurricanes, you deal with it. I don't think you guys have any natural disasters in Vegas, do you? Vegas is pretty immune. I mean, the big question though is, are we going to just run out of water? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that would be a natural disaster. It would be. Well, Sean, um, I love what you're doing. I've learned so much from you, not just as how to be a YouTuber, but just how to be a man and a leader and a family man. And just, I have a lot of respect for you. And you got into some biohacking stuff, which we're going to get into, but I want to rewind. And you've had some different seasons in your life from pain to purpose to promise, right? So let's go back to how things started for you before you got into YouTube, what happened with your wife, Sonia, and how that pain turned into a a promise for you and for your wife and what evolved into Think Media. Yeah. In 2009, my wife, Sonia, almost died. And so we'd been married for a few years. We got married at 21 super young, especially in today's culture. Yeah. And uh, we were working multiple jobs. She was actually earning a little bit more than me, working three jobs as a barista, waiting tables, nannying. And then we were both serving in ministry. So the way I got into video was just in a local church context, an hour north of Seattle, youth group, you know, no technology at all, but just making like video announcements and all that stuff. And so in 2007 is when I started a first YouTube channel for that church. And that means I've been on YouTube for 16 years. I've been doing video for 20 years because I started doing uh, video for that youth ministry before we even uploaded it online. Like started doing it just to play video announcements Wednesday night and uh, taught me about consistency because I made videos every single week before social media started. But all that to say is in 2009, a few years before my wife went on a trip to the Philippines. She got super sick, came back, but nobody knew what was going on. She's throwing up 10 to 15 times a day. Wow. And we kept going to doctors and they just would say, why don't you eat a hamburger? You know, like essentially calling her anorexic. And uh, she felt of course, very misunderstood and was very discouraged. And we just didn't know what to do because it's like, why am I eating and throwing up? And then eventually she had to get a feeding tube And they put it through her nose first because she dropped to 82 pounds, got her kind of stabilized. And then they put it jejunum in the side of her stomach and her torso. And we went home and got all these boxes of cans of food and like the IV drip of it all in the machine and turned it on. And she started to panic and say, I don't know what's wrong, but I feel like my whole body's on fire. I'm in pain. And what had happened is they placed the jejunum tube wrong. And so the food wasn't going into her stomach. It was filling up her body cavities which apparently that can suffocate your organs and kill you quick. So we turned it off and threw her in our Honda Civic and rushed to Everett, Washington. Um, I drove her down to the hospital and they stabilized her, called an ambulance to have, uh, to get her to Seattle for better care at a hospital down there and surgery. 
so that we spent six days in the hospital and they had to cut her open, clean out everything, and then sew her up and like stabilize. But the providence of all of that was also getting a little bit more expertise. Cause I guess being somewhat rural, people just said, I don't know. And they just kept, they, no, they had no idea what was happening. And then we got near a gastroenterologist that goes, Oh, it seems like you have slow digestion. You probably have gastroparesis. Mm -hmm. They have you eat radioactive eggs and then they watch your digestion. Determined that was the case. And so fast forward to today, she's got a, a gastric stimulator that kind of like a heart has a pacemaker. It's for her stomach that has helped her digest food, not throw up um, and kind of stabilize a little bit. But really where pain became purpose is I'll never forget sitting in that hospital room for six days, you know, freaked out, broke, uh, super worried because we already, we had gotten crushed in the big short. So we were like losing our house. And the church we were part of, some senior leaders uh, had a moral failure, stole some money. And so that was all falling apart. And so I'm, I've got all this on my mind. I'm like, what we've been investing in for seven years, serving at this church is falling apart. We're losing our house. My wife isn't working right now. And I feel really challenged in the hospital room. I feel worried, but I really did feel God speak to me and say like, man, you got to man up. You got to step up. You got to do something. You got to provide and fight for your family. And I didn't really know what to do, but I started to look at what had happened. This is 2009. And I'd been doing YouTube for a couple of years, doing video. And it's kind of like, you know, in Exodus, God asked Moses, like, what's in your hand? And because he's like, I don't know what to do. And there's a staff in his hands, like using what's in your, what's in your hand. Like for me, it was like a video camera. What's in your hand? And it was like, okay, what if I could start earning money and also not for like fame and fortune, but to pay medical bills, you know, just to be able to also work from home. I was playing out scenarios. Like I got to figure out how to take care of my wife. Maybe will we have kids someday? Will we need help raising those kids? We're definitely not making enough money to hire a nanny and all that kind of stuff. So I started to kind of like dream bigger to think about like what just, I got to do something and I, and I got to work. So anyways, there's a lot to the story that we can kind of process, but, but I, I definitely was at a crossroads and I have total empathy for people that could go to a really dark place and just give up and go to that place of discouragement or depression. But I did feel like I had a choice. Like I could have either really gone that direction or just thought, okay, well, this is the circumstances now. And we married for sickness and in health. And so it's my responsibility as a man to step up and to, uh, to really fight for my family. And so it was a bumpy road. It didn't, it didn't start working right away, but that was like the genesis of deciding to go all in kind of as an entrepreneur, figure out how to make money from home and build a business was family first, really. You're right. There's two different directions that somebody could have went back then. You, when you hit rock bottom, you went through so much with Sonia's health. And it's unfortunate that the third leading cause of death in the United States is medical error, right? And it was some medical, medical error with the, the Dewey, what, how do you say Jay that? Junum. Jay Junum. They put it in her body the wrong way. But, you know, my question to you is this, because most people probably wouldn't have been like, okay, what's the good here? What's, what, what can I create here? How can I create a life for my future family? Do you think it's your strong faith in God and your relationship with God that helped you see that instead of the fear? Because faith and fear both demand for us to believe in something that we cannot see, but you chose to go with the faith. I think most people probably would have went with the fear. Do you believe it was your faith with God that helped you see the light in that dark situation? 100%. I think I know it's my faith. And for a couple of reasons, I think that 
building my faith. I think that like, I think about this in terms of like saving money. Sometimes when like a recession hits or hard times hits and all your friends or all your peers were around and maybe now they're in trouble, one of the questions, you, of course you want to help them. One of the questions will be, well, what were you doing during the good times? Mm. And I sometimes think about if maybe your life's going good and things are going good. A lot of times, you know, churches after 9-11 happened in America, churches got packed for a few weeks and a few months. Mm. Makes sense. Because all of a sudden people were faced with like, oh, like, we could die. Yep. And all of a sudden you have that mortality motivation. But I do think there's something that wisdom would say that when things are going good for you, that you want to be, you know, sowing the seeds today for the harvest that you want to reap tomorrow. And so not only my faith, but I think the work I had done, that what I had invested in my relationship with God in prayer, in the word. And in Romans, it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I know you're big on how you think. So I think that a lot of it also is going to come back to the brain and how you think. The Bible is full of that, transforming the way you think. We want to have the mind like Christ. And so being in that hospital room, I may have drowned if I had to learn to swim first. You know, I heard, I heard my friend John Acuff say that where during the pandemic, he had been building up his online brand. Everyone needs to build an online brand. And he goes, I've been learning to swim for the last 10 years, not realizing the world was going to get flooded. Mm -hmm. And I'll good. never forget that quote because it was kind of same thing. So I'd been, I'd been building my faith. I face like a muscle, you know, and it starts as a mustard seed, but I've been building my faith. So by being in that hospital room, the way I would process things, I'm praying, I'm thinking through things and having the word of God as like what my soul feeds on, God works all things to the good. So it's just this confidence of for those who love him and are called according to his purpose that God is, I don't know how he's going to work this out because this is so bad and there seems like there's no future, but I'm just going to keep trusting that he's going to work all things to the good. Corinthians, it says, these light and momentary troubles are nothing compared to the surpassing glory that awaits us. So with living with eternity in mind, I start thinking, okay, it would be nice to have a much more comfortable life. It would be nice to not have had chronic illness and illness hit us as a super young couple. I mean, you could get very bummed out by that and most would, but it kind of comes down to, and then taking kind of all these scriptures out, even my dad used to say, you got to play the hand you're dealt. Mm. So there's, that's a mindset. It's something about like, okay, well, this is the hand I'm going to play. So I got, this is the circumstances now. How can we take these lemons and make lemonade and thinking about, and it can be so easy to tally up the negative. Here's what we don't have going for us. But you also, it's count your blessings. We could also count, well, at least we got a family around us. We got friends in our life. At least one of us is strong. Shoot, both of us could be sick. You know, now like we would die for sure. Like we'd go broke. We, But like, okay. And, and in reverse, Sonia would do the same for me. And so let me just get to work. Let's think about this. And you might say, oh, here's what we can't do. Can't go travel or do certain things actively. And then People fixate if you only have that one mind. But look at the possibilities, the open-mindedness of being like, well, here's what we can do. We can still have an incredible marriage, a great life, and seasons pass, and they, they certainly have since then. So by continuing to invest and invest in our marriage and invest in her and been through a lot of ups and downs, but just we also didn't think we'd be able to have kids. And that was one of the hardest things to carry because we did want to have kids. As soon as she got back from that trip, our plan, stated plan was to like get pregnant if God willing and have kids and then boom, all this starts to happen and delays that dream that was in our heart for about a decade. Mm. 
And it reminds me of the biblical story of Abraham, which again, having already those anchors of faith, he's the father of faith, that he at one point in his life said, God, here, you've blessed me in all these areas. I got wealth. I got a crew around me. I got, you know, oxen, sheep, you know, the way he'd measure wealth then. And you've like, you've, you've, do, you, there's blessings all around me. I'm doing well. And it might be my health's good, all this kind of stuff. But God, I, I don't have a son. And not only was that like, just, I hope I have kids. I don't have someone to carry on my name. I don't have somebody to like, I, I have this dream of building a legacy. That would be the way I pass this on. And he had this promise from God, but it also, it took decades to fulfill. So even having studied those stories and seen even how God works, because I know that that's one of the big questions that people listening to this, we all wrestle with. Why do good things happen to bad people? Or, oh, sure, if, if God, I believe God heals people, but you're also, okay, well, why are you not healed right now? Well, you start seeing, okay, sometimes we are seeing that God is much more of a crockpot God than a microwave God. And a lot of what he's doing in life is building our faith, building our perseverance, changing us internally, building our character and developing hope uh, within us that doesn't disappoint. So that was all of that stuff I had already developed in me at least a little bit. And no doubt about it, that carried me through to help me see and start, start going into action rather than just being paralyzed by fear. And no doubt about it, I still had a ton of fear or worry. And it would be a daily fight. You wake up and you maybe feel like the weight of the world is on you. And it kind of makes me think of like the Miracle Morning book by, mm -hmm. you know, Hal Elrod, where during a season when he was super depressed, he had to realize like the work he needed to do in the morning just to get through the day to go from kind of a disempowered state to an empowered state. That was, that's been some of the things that I've had to build in routines into my life over the years during some of the hardest seasons with health and business and all of the above. Yeah, it's so true. You know, it's a universal law, meaning a law of polarity. For every bad thing, there's an equally good thing. And for every good thing, there's an equally bad thing. So we could put our energy and our focus into all the things that are happening that are not working for you. You know, Sonya getting sick, your business, whatever, not starting off the way you want it to. And we could keep feeding the negativity and the universal law states, whatever you feed energy to expand. So you'll get more negativity to feed into. But yeah. you said count your blessings. You could count, okay, what's the good here? Okay, I'm still healthy. You, Sean, you're still healthy. You could figure things out. You start to look at the law of polarity. So all this is negative. You start to count your blessings and look at, okay, what are the positives here? And then you shift your energy there. And then you just keep taking it one day at a time, right? And I, and I love that you did that because it led to Think Media. It led to, you know, your book, YouTube Secrets, which is behind you. It led to me discovering you and us developing a relationship. And it's because you chose you. You chose your future. And now you have two children, <laughs> two boys. Yep, two boys. Congratulations. Yeah. How wild. was that? It's absolutely wild. And, you know, one of the most incredible things Sonia said, even I think before we had the boys, is coming from her we were talking, reflecting over our life. And she goes, you know what, Sean, I wouldn't change this. Mm. And the level of like character and the profound, cause I mean, I, I'm even, so even in this moment, I'm like, I would, but her saying that it had it's such a profound statement because of who it also made us. I sometimes think we measure success wrong. We, we measure it externally as like what we have or what we're doing as opposed to who we're becoming. Mm. And so right. like, who we've become and how it challenged us and matured us, humbled us, 
force us to get closer together. I mean, divorce skyrockets when chronic illness enters. Usually, like it goes up, I think like to 75%. So obviously that pressure can break many people, but I'm grateful that for both of us, our faith and persistence, it really helped us grow closer together. And also to exactly what it birthed in terms of think media and all this other stuff. But also, I mean, there was part of me where it's easy to feel invincible and have a big ego and be maybe lifting off in, in pride. And I think it's good to be humbled. I think it's beautiful. And I think becoming a, a strong leader or becoming, I think, a person of character and a person worth, worth following, you know, there was this time where Jacob wrestles with God and he wrestles all night in Genesis. And then he wakes up with a limp and has the limp the rest of his life. And I think that's a good thing. I think that if a leader has a limp, they're a better leader. There's something about, and none of this stuff's popular too in culture right now, of course, it's, it's countercultural, but it says that God loves a broken spirit. And I heard one person describe what does broken mean? Because of course we think, I mean, you've, let's be empowered. Let's be, you know, our ultimate life. Let's be 10X. Let's be all this kind of stuff, which is all good. But what broken means is broken is like a, a horse. You break a horse and why? So that if a horse goes through the process of being broken, when they're going into war, they don't flinch. They have true meekness, power under control. So when, when a man or a woman, I think, is broken, God loves a broken spirit, there's something about that calm. There's something about a peace. And there's something about a true humility and a trust in God. But also something about, I mean, the ego unchecked. Y'all know, like, I mean, with all these entrepreneurs out here too. And I probably, I could have been on that same trajectory. So you, you flip it the other way. This never happens. My ego just continues to float off into the universe and I don't become the man I really need to be character wise. And I'm on a trip and I cheat on my wife and, you know, do cocaine off strippers breasts or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, that, that happens, this all, happens all the time. All the time. And yeah. so like, what, what's more important, like building some wealth and getting some followers and whatever, or actually becoming somebody and, and being somebody who could actually steward blessing and inheritance gained too early won't be blessed in the end. So we also don't even know our full story. I mean, I love talking to you where we are totally people of faith and believe in prayer and miracles. And then, and also God's gift of medicine and the wisdom that he gives doctors and experts. And that's why I'm obsessed with all this biohacking stuff because it's also hitting it from both sides. Like a lot of times, even when we ask God for a miracle, he gives us an instruction. Throughout the Bible, it'd be like, hey God, I, I need a miracle and he would then tell the person. And I've found that out of times of prayer, it's been an instruction like, you know, start working out. You're completely mm -hmm. neglecting your health. Oh, you've got all this arm pain and stuff. We could talk about that. Well, why? You've overuse injury. You even saw this in the book of Philippians. Paul, who's experiencing miracles, there's a guy who almost died because of overwork. Mm. His name's Epaphroditus. And he said, God spared him, but he was, he was overworking. And that was that God doesn't bless you grinding your body down. So there's something about that supernatural side. And then there's something about the wisdom side. So anyways, when Sonia said that, and I, I really rabbit trailed off there, but back to, you know, when we finally had these two boys, you know, what was wild about that was, you know, I'm, I know I'm talking a lot about faith stuff, but, you know, I, I believe we were at this event and we got these prophetic words, meaning these people, this couple came up to us at this event 
and day one, and they said, hey, this is weird. It was me actually, and I had spoke, and he said, I normally wouldn't say this, but I see you. I saw a picture. God showed me a picture of you and your wife holding a baby boy by this next time, by this event next year. Hmm. Boy, this time next year, specific timeline. And I was like, wow, that's pretty weird and specific. And I go, I, I mean, it's my dream, and I believe it. you're going to have to talk to my wife. But, <laughs> but then, no joke, the second day, a totally different person that had not communicated said they saw the same thing in a vision. Wow. So I told my wife, she laughed and then God started to, and, and even what's happening in her body. Cause she was, she'd been stronger, better, but we're still in it. And then sure enough, we get pregnant. And, and then I remember that COVID hit March and we were on a date and uh, she filled two pads with blood. So we were freaking out like, Oh my gosh, miscarriage, like all this kind of stuff. And then, uh, we went to the hospital. I had to wait like four hours because COVID was hitting. So it was packed. Every, the whole thing was packed. Like we couldn't get it. Finally, we got in. They go, this is weird. Sometimes happens. But the nurse says, you're okay. Baby's okay. And then sure enough, before the deadline of that event, the next year, Sean Bradley was born. And uh, now we have another boy named John. So we have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And so take all this. I mean, we're sharing this in moments on a podcast. But hindsight really is twenty twenty, as they say, because what has it been 14 years since she was originally in the hospital and we're still have so many challenges, but we look back and we're like, wow, God, you're good. And like, you've really brought us through some things, but there's been a lot of perseverance and grit and dark nights of the soul along the way. But also where could you be taking us next? And we know that there will be highs and lows, but though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Mm. Wow, what a story. Uh, and I'm so happy for you and Sonia and the two boys. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, this is the best thing I've ever tasted? If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part? This may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance Natasia loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. No matter where you are in the lower 48 states, 
Wild Pastures has got you covered. Not only is this the most convenient way to get your meat products, but wild pasture meats are better for you nutritionally, and they're higher in the total nutrients, phytonutrients, antioxidants, key fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, proteins, and amino acids. And today, for keto campers, for a limited time, you can get 20% off every box plus free shipping for life and $15 off your first box. This is a crazy deal, and I hope you take advantage of it. So make the switch to Wild Pastures today and save nearly $1,000 on your grocery bill while feeling healthier and enjoying the best tasting meats of your life. All you need to do is go to the link in the podcast notes down below. Everything is already applied. All you got to do is click that link, customize your order, and you'll have some delicious, healthy tasting meats very soon. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. You know, you became an entrepreneur, you are an entrepreneur. And I'm curious, before we get into the biohacking stuff, how do you continuously set new standards and goals for yourself personally? Because I know for myself personally, I have goals and I hit the goals. And when I hit my goals, there's a celebration. But when I look back, I find that I'm like happier as I'm on my way to hitting the goal. And yeah. then the celebration of hitting the goal is very short-lived. Then I just set a new goal and I'm like, okay, what's next? I'm curious the way you go about setting goals. How do you continue to strive for new, better things for yourself and for your family? And do you celebrate your goals or do you find more victory in the journey to get to the accomplishment of those goals? Well, the biggest mistake I actually keep making is as soon as I hit a goal, not immediately setting another one. And why I say it's the biggest mistake is the times where I, I feel the most lost or anxious or discouraged is after hitting goals. Mm. And self-awareness wise, maybe the way that you and I are wired, I don't know if any, I'm an Enneagram three, I don't know if people listening, if they follow that, but like, you're just kind of this type, I forget what my Myers-Briggs is, but no doubt in answer to your question, it's, it's the journey for sure. I don't do a good job of celebrating. I would say we probably don't really celebrate. Even like, hey, let's go to a dinner and just be like, hey, all right, you know. Um, I do think, like, we just had the 13th year birthday of Think Media. Congratulations, I saw that. So the first video was uploaded on August 28th um, or something like that, um, 2010, and now 13 years later. And so we've been getting a lot better. And when I say we, now the fact there's a team and so we had like a Friday, we did a Kahoot game with our team. We're about 30 people on Think Media now, 20 W2s. And Kahoot's like a quiz game. There's some music. And so it was like quizzes about what was the original Think Media, you know, what <laughs> growth video live and people like vote and then whatever. And then we gave a camera away to one of our team members and we spun the wheel and did all this kind of stuff. So we actually cool. truly celebrated that. One of my favorite things I think to do is social media milestone posts. I, I see a lot of people do that, but it, like, you know, maybe a carousel. And we did a video at 2 million subscribers. So I kind of wrote a script, rewrote it, edited through it, pulled a lot of footage to really mark that 2 million journey. And then by the way, that's also, maybe this is why, because we're, we're so obsessed. It's not even as much as celebration. It's also kind of marketing. Yeah. It's also <laughs> like, For yeah, sure. let's turn this into <laughs> a post of, of sharing the journey, but also of course sharing the results and and hopefully also encouragement because it also says that this stuff doesn't happen overnight. But, you know, summarizing, if I don't set another goal, 
And I think that's not, not everyone's wired this way, but I think men in general, the ambitious, you always need to identify the next giant you need to slay. And to bring that biblical wisdom, you know, when David famous, there was, you know, that whole song of the hallelujah song written because, you know, he's hanging out on his porch at his palace. And it says that in the Bible that in the summer, when kings go to war, David was chilling on the palace uh, on his porch and he looked down and he saw Bathsheba bathing naked. And then he's like, okay, I'm the king. So he slept with her. And that set a series of events in his life where he ended up putting her husband on the front lines of battle. And so he got a, you know, he made a really bad decision. And one thing led to another thing, as it often does. You make one thing, you start trying to hide the mistake you made or whatever. Punchline. None of that happens if he was on the front lines of battle where he was supposed to be. Mm. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of guys get in trouble if you don't stay engaged in the battle you're supposed to be fighting and you just have idle time. Because if you just have idle time, you've had some success. You got money in the bank, you're bored, start scrolling on Instagram, people are sliding into your DMs. There's a lot of stuff that can happen. Or you just get, you just get discouraged, you start drinking, you start whatever, because you don't even know what to do with yourself. Mm-hmm. Spend some money and... And so it could go from anywhere to like small, maybe mistakes to massive ones. So I I state that lesson. I think find the new giant. And then as far as goal setting, for me, it's just blocking the time to do it. And that's why I do like being a part of masterminds and things like that. And and an accountability group where somebody will remind you and challenge you to do it. How many masterminds are you in right now? Um, two, I'm a part of this one called the wellspring, uh, with Pete Vargas kind of faith-based angle. And then I'm in a peer led mastermind with my friend, Stacey Tuchel. I just kind of was invited into it and peer led meaning it's just kind of invite only. And then there's a little bank of money to pay for one event a year or whatever. There's no cost to it, but it's kind of invite only. But what I found was like the last time I really set goals was because we're at the retreat for the wellspring. And they like clarify the five domains of, of life, like set a goal in your faith, in your family and relationships, friendships, marriage, kids, set a goal in your money, not just make more money, but make money matter. What are we doing generosity wise? Set a goal in your health and then whatever the other one is. Um, and so, you know, and then write those down. And so the cool thing is, you know, I got to join a mastermind to do that. I think you just need to actually block time. And because this last January, I was a part of that group. It was on the schedule. It was on, you know, so I got it done. And it shifts your physiology. It shifts your energy, gets you kind of excited again. It does, it, it actually, I think it reduces anxiety and fear. Of course, your goals should scare you a little bit, but you're also seeing that they're practical. And like even set a revenue goal. And, and then I think you got to measure what matters. Uh, and I, I was recently talking with a, a mentor and I was like, I just feel like we're failing. And then we just added up our, our numbers and projected the rest of our revenue this year. And it was like, mathematically, we weren't even failing. We are just a little bit up, but it's great to be up. We're up like 400K top line revenue or something like that. And so like just the opposite of not failing, but yet emotionally, I felt like we were, which does definitely think I, something about putting pen to paper. If it's not written, it's not real. Yeah. And so translating your goals to paper, measuring your goals. And of course we could be missing them, but then it allows you to know, you know, where you need to get going. So I, I, I've said a lot, but I think I actually feel like I'm not the best goal setter. I just, when I have accountability to remind me to do it, it works. Yeah. I, you know, it works. And so like, get your goals on paper, keep doing it. And then, uh, don't let too much time lapse 
um, once you reach it before picking a, another giant to slay because he can avoid trouble that way. That's great advice, not just for entrepreneurs, but with your health goals uh, as well. Any, any goals in life, family goals, relationship goals. You said a couple things there that I want to unpack. Um, I'm very much like you. Uh, I won't really celebrate a goal. I'll be on to the next one. And I have found that blank space on my calendar leads to the devil's playground, as Grant Cardone says. And I agree with that. So for me, my calendar needs to be aligned with my highest values and my purpose. And I do see this all the time with entrepreneurs, not even entrepreneurs, just people who have really bad behaviors with their lifestyle. And it could be addictions. It could be social media. It could be Netflix, whatever it is. They're doing things to just kill time, as they say, right? I'm, I'm killing time. And I believe it's a result of them not being clear on their highest values, their purpose. They don't know what their purpose is, or maybe they do know what it is, but they're not aligning their activities with that. So they're going to have these addictive behaviors and addictions as the body's way of showing you to get you back into homeostasis, meaning you have a clear purpose in life and you're not living congruent with it. And we're going to give you these problems to wake you up. And it could be relationship problems. It could be doing cocaine or in a, on a vacation, whatever it is. But I believe these behaviors and addictions and symptoms are the innate intelligence way of telling you you're not living incongruent with your purpose. Because when I'm incongruent with my purpose, and I know you're the same way, if somebody tells me, let's go out and drink, you know, eight, nine years ago, I gave up drinking because it wasn't aligned with my yep. highest values. Like it's an easy decision for me to say yes or no, because I match it to my highest values and my purpose. So I think that is important for us to get clear on our purpose and our why, why we're put on planet earth and align, align your calendar with it. You also made a decision with your health mm -hmm. a few years ago because you started to notice some pain. And I want you to talk about some of the things you were dealing with with your health challenges, how that evolved over time and what woke you up to, okay, I got to take care of my health now. Let's figure this out. Yeah, so... At 32 years old, I started to feel a ton of pain in my in hands and wrists. And I'll never forget because we I was working at a church. I had been building up YouTube on the side, working at a church in Las Vegas. I became a campus pastor in Irvine, California. And so we were down there for a while. And then we moved back to Vegas, transitioned off staff, and went into full-time entrepreneurship. Um, and that was kind of the rise of Think Media from just being a side YouTube channel to being what it is today. And I want to say that was, you know, like 2015. And I remember coming back though. And I remember I was, we were like went to church on a Sunday and I was wearing these two black braces because I got these like carpal tunnel braces. And I was just kind of freaked out because I didn't know, will this pain go away? What, what is the cause of this pain? And it won up until that point. I had spent so much time working at a computer from probably 19 to 32. And there was times when I was waiting tables at Red Robin, but in those very early days, I would work like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, try to put in 32 hours or something. And then I would, after work, go to the church office and edit video for one, two, three, four, five hours with terrible ergonomics. And then eventually when I started doing video myself, YouTube as a side hustle, I, um, again, would no breaks, you know, I could, I'd do eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hour days, sometimes doing freelance work. So I'd work for clients and then to put in another couple hours. But it, the, one of the problems was, it was all the same work, eight hours of editing for clients and then shoot some of my own videos, but edit my own videos. Yeah. 
with poor ergonomics and no strength training. Mm. Like, as I look back, people often said, you know, what would you tell your younger self? Or is there anything you do different? The one thing I would do different is health. Like, there's maybe many things, but that's by far at the top of the list. Because the level I pushed it to was unnecessary. And even if I worked that hard, I believe I've, I would have included the reverse to that. Put some yoga in there, strength training in there, weights in there. You know, do the opposite of what that was causing, like hunching forward, all that different stuff. Nevertheless, by 32, it had caught up to me. And so I started to study RSI, repetitive stress injury. And I bought every book, Sarno, who talks about actually that it's mental and, and, and there can be a lot of pain that you have, maybe your arms and your hands because of trauma, or maybe there was stress or anger or trauma that happened to you and it can be captured in certain muscles at certain times. So I was hitting from every side, trying to see doctors. What was interesting is when they would have me do the tests, it wasn't that I had carpal tunnel. I just thought I did because I had mm. wrist pain. And I'm like, maybe I do. And so I went on a journey. But then the kind of tough thing was, as I said, at 32, I started going into entrepreneurship. So once I got no more freelance clients, nothing else, just our own YouTube channel, just our own content, and then started hiring, the grind of getting a company off the ground is insanity. Luckily, I hired a video editor maybe one or two years in and stopped video editing, but I would continue to work at a computer and take meetings or type. And so I reduced it and I started to get every brace known to man, the little um, tennis elbow braces that hold that area. I would wear different um, you know, wrist braces, started to get the little rad balls for myofascia release. Did that my, impact your confidence? Oh yeah. And I would, I would be, so I'd either be dealing with pain or chronic pain, fear of the future, but also just grinding through, maybe still have to pick up and edit a project. And so really dealing with any, from, from 32, I'm turning 40 in 65 days. And I just grinding through, sometimes working through intense levels of pain, popping Advil, popping Tylenol, mm. and would push it like whatever it takes. And and what can happen with RSI, study a lot of YouTube videos about it, different people's stories. Is some people, computer programmers, gamers uh, around the world, they talk about where they would get to the place where they, if they touched a mouse, it's, it's a very interesting phenomena, five minutes on a mouse and they'd be like writhing in pain on the floor. Wow. And what's kind of interesting was there's obviously some like parts of my brain that are probably like underdeveloped because of how psycho this all is. But I think this is also like, the entrepreneurness of it, because some of this RSI studies I realized was people would take sick leave, they would take whatever from their computer programming job. Well, dude, I'm the I'm the driver, I'm the founder, so no doubt about it, I maybe could have slowed down or should have slowed down, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I also felt the pressure of I'm fighting for my family and then fighting for our team, and you know Heather, who's now at a different company, but she came in of those early days. And I, I felt responsible as the founder is and the leader is to like show up and deliver. And so again, if I had a webinar to teach for two hours and just to click around on my keyboard and click my mouse, I would never miss. I don't miss anything, you know, like 100% of the time, whether I was in extreme levels of pain. And so there's much more we could talk about, but whether it was like everything I could find, if they recommended it for RSI, little tools, 
you know, hand exercisers or uh, stuff that I could research. I, I bought it. I did it. I didn't necessarily do everything, of course, to an elite level for the amount of time you need to do it. Because I have a machine that is a golfer's elbow thing that has this these little silver nobles on it. And it goes, you could put it on either the, the golfer's elbow, tennis elbow, uh, tendonitis, tendinosis, it, and it goes, you know, it rubs mm. through and it tries to like, you know, rub that out and it can do the bottom one. And then there's also some cheap, that one's like 500 bucks, some cheaper ones. And I would be very faithful. I'd maybe sit down, watch TV. But I think there was, you know, we could go down many paths, but mid journey, 2017, maybe 18, I think it probably was a lot of chronic pain. I think it was the way of handling stress and handling success because business started to be very successful. I started to, one, I started to drink a lot and then I started to smoke weed or consume cannabis in different ways and the combination of the two. And I got to a place, business was going pretty good where I was like 400 bucks a, a week in cannabis. Was Were you drinking alcohol and smoking weed because of the stress? Yeah. Primarily? Yeah, yeah totally. It, it just kind of, it went up and up. And I also, again, found my place where the success around me was bigger than the character inside of me. Mm. And I was just trying to cope and deal with pressure, leadership inadequacies. Or so you, ins- felt, you felt unworthy at that time. Yeah. And then stack on top of that, like my journey into cannabis was also chronic pain because it was like, oh, there's medical. Yeah. And, and so kind of just trying to escape, like, try, you know, and working through pain and hustling all week and all the pressure and all of that. And then just trying to get back to baseline. I think I heard Alex Ramosi early in his journey was, he was saying like maybe half a fifth every single night of hard alcohol, you know, six, seven, eight shot, eight shots to just get back to baseline. Mm. And so the wrong way of coping with all of the above, but in the pressure of it all, that's, you know, there was a whole season of that as well, which makes things worse. And then, and what's interesting is I did get into running Ever since 32, when we had, were at an apartment, I'd get on the treadmill a little bit and got to a place where I did a couple half marathons. But a huge missing piece was the strength training by far. And also, you know, a friend of mine was just talking about too, I've been doing all these pushups. He goes, you really need to be doing pulling more. You should mm. be really focusing on pulling because the pushups aren't going to help how your shoulders are going to round and your head, which is, you know, 12 to 16 pounds or whatever, that's leaned forward because of looking at a computer and being in a computer that much for that long. So doing like the opposite strength training. And so the good news is things have shifted in the last, especially 12 to 24 months. You have, we've talked a lot. We talked all all the way back when I was going to do stem cells and I ended up doing Regenex to a friend of yours. Um, That was an amazing conversation that kind of pivoted me with something. So things have been going good, but it's been a crazy journey. It's it's wild to think that it's been about eight years. And, And it's one of those other things where like business is booming so many wins and so much good happening around us. But I've been, you know, like crippled to a point and just in writhing with different levels of pain and maybe to, to articulate it. There's been times where like a good day, there's been pain-free days lately and pay, pain-free moments and so much progress lately. But there was probably, it was probably always a, a five out of 10 with times when it's like an eight, nine or 10. Mm. A couple summers ago, I was lathering my arms with CBD menthol. Because uh, you were in that much pain? Because I was in that much pain. And sometimes I would like wake up, work a little bit in the morning and know I had like a, wet, uh, like a live training or something at four or five. And I would like get in bed 
and just, and pop like Advil, which by the way, too, I stopped taking all Advil Great. for over a year now. I do still Tylenol sometimes and can go like weeks without anything, which is insane progress because at that time, you know, yeah, I would like pop the Advil, rub my arms, sit there and just be like, kind of freaked out. Just be like, I just got to rest and try to recover and get ready. And then get back to the grind and go back in my office and do whatever I had to do to attend. And there was some practical things just to also shout out, like whether the Think Media team throughout the years, teamwork makes the dream work. And I think it's like says in Ecclesiastes, you know, two are better than one because if one falls, I mean, that, that'll preach to, with my wife and I, the power of having a partner, but also the power of having a team. Because if you go through something where you need to lean on others or they can carry stuff, and then a cord of three strands is not easily broken, so to be, I think if I was isolated or alone or trying to go through all this, man, I, I would have been sidelined. But our company has scaled through me still being able to produce quite a bit, but not even being at my best. The credit goes to having incredible people around us and teamwork makes the dream work for sure. And just major shout out to the Think Media team. Yeah, you've got a great, I love Think Media. I love your entire team. They're just, they're incredible. Every, every person I've met on the team has been exceptional to me, including yourself. And you're, you've made a, long, a lot of progress with your health. I'm proud of you and I know you're still working on it. I saw on your Instagram stories that you're doing, correct me if I'm wrong, 100 pushups for 100 days in a row. Is that what it is? Yeah, so I had a couple of friends challenged me to do 100 push-ups a day for a month. Oh, so 100 so push-ups a day for 30 days. For 30 days. And now I'm on like almost two months. So. Oh, so you kept it going. Yeah, so we'll... You're on day 60. I'm on day 60 at this moment. And you've done 100 every day. Uh-huh, yeah. I saw you doing it at the airport in Las Vegas. Was that yeah. Vegas airport? That was the uh, SeaTac in okay. Seattle. I mean, oh, Seattle, Seattle. that's summer. where, okay. Yeah. That's impressive. Congra good, good job, by yeah. the way. Congratulations. But I want to know, there have been some days, I'm sure, where you're like, actually, I could just end the streak now. I've already done my 30 days. Yeah. What got you over that stinking thing and to say, let's just keep this going and let me just get it done? Yeah. So, I mean, if I back up briefly, I don't know how helpful it's been. And this is something that I think is true in general with maybe biohacking and stuff. When you throw the whole kitchen sink, because as you can see, I've tried to do everything. And there's, I also try to do with things that have other benefits, red light, yeah, uh, health, nutrition, yeah, PEMF mats, the whole deal. Because also your whole, whole body healing too. That, so my arms, shoulders, neck, anything I could do. But eventually I did Regenex mm -hmm. about a year, not even a year ago, but coming up maybe a year and one, two or three months. They drilled six holes in my tailbone, sucked out my bone marrow and spun that into stem cells. And then like 50 vials of blood into PRP, 21 injections. Mm. And that at the, at the elbows, you know, t t t the tendons, the muscle, whatever, wrists, certain fingers after MRIs, there's a bulge in my neck they, around there, a beginning of one. They did, so neck, like shoulder. And- um, Was it all on your left side? Uh, right side is the pain side, but it's both sides. Okay. Heavier on the right side. I actually got to release all that video footage and stuff too, like all the- Oh, you, you documented it. I documented it. Oh, dude, yeah. It. Yeah. Release and it. And all kinds of, all the syringes. Um, so you documented it. Where would you post that? Not on Think Media. It would be on your personal yeah, YouTube? Yeah. Someday I want to get my personal channel going. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, for Where just would... all the stuff. like, oh. And so, so since Regenix, they also then hook you up with a physical therapist. And I called you and I said, hey, 
I'm, I want to work with like a physical therapist. And you yeah. said uh, Kelly Starlet style. Yeah. Like ask them questions. Like the what Supple type? Leopard. Yeah. Kel Kelly Starlet. Yeah. Yeah. What type of, and, and the cool thing was the people connected to Regenex in Vegas, Erica Wong and Joe, their PT had the book, yeah. the Supple Leopard yeah. in there. And that like, was yeah. a good sign. Yeah. They're like, that's our, and I, I was like, right oh, there. this yeah. is so cool. And they're based out of a CrossFit gym. So started to meet with them. And then generally they started to kind of get me back to even kind of able to, I saw also another big one was Egoscue method, which Tony Robbins talks a lot about. I think they got a clinic in San Diego, which is all posture. And they call them E sizes where you can do the people. He'll do it on some events. Well, they'll do the E sizes where you'll, you'll uh, do like your, whatever these are called the rolling shoulder things. Mm -hmm. And then lay on your back with your feet up on the wall or different deals to talking about how alignment, like with, if, if your spine's out of alignment or your hips, that then the function downstream that that can cause. So I started to really commit to those and started, I even went in person, they take a picture of you and then they, they keep working based off that picture every time you go into the clinic. And I would see that my, my right side was raised. My mouse side, shoulder was raised, probably shortened maybe mm. in the shoulder and the, my mobility on my shoulder and also the right side of the neck, which is where all your nerves come out of, right? Different things where I have lost the curvature in my neck. It's neutral now from, and so it was not even really what was happening in my hands. It was the fact that my head was tilted down yeah. in front of a computer for six, eight, 10 hours a day. Every inch forward is 20 pounds of pressure on the rest of your body. And then that dysfunction kind of messed the whole right side up as yep. I'm also doing the mouse. So anyways, after Regenix and then started doing PT. And then once I started even getting, I, what I realized was I'd been so far out of strength training that I had just had a lot of even foundational stuff to get back to. And mind you, running and running was probably somewhat bad for me at this point because of the lack of strength and probably aspects of posture. Yeah. Maybe good to knock some calories off and keep me, especially when I was at my peak of drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> to make me just not float off into the. And then there's like some cardiovascular benefits to the running. Sure. But maybe my if, heart and some. Yeah. Things. But if, and, and the brain. But if you want to get the biggest bang for your buck, yes. Yeah. Strength training, putting on some muscle. So doing some of that. Now, you know, I've got some of these, these cool dumbbells that, you know, click from five to 50 at home. Um, and. Uh, started doing the PT, started following through on that, working out with my friend Benji a little bit, who's in great health. And then I, I was challenged a few months ago to do the 100 pushups, but I couldn't do them. After I did them, I could do 100 in one day, but the next day I was toast. Mm. I could have do another 50 until a couple of days later, but I noticed just the progress of then being challenged again by a different group of friends that I got to a place where I'm like, okay, I actually could get through it. And yeah, you're totally right. It's like, there's, even as now I'm on like day 60, I've noticed the strength. My wife's noticed the change in how I look and I've made a lot of progress, but there's still times where I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. And, and that's a lot without the recovery too, just to put it back to back. But you can almost do anything if you spread them out. Cause if you just do 10 and take a break. So what I'll, or a lot of times, and we have to get them in by midnight. It's kind of like a 75 hard ethic yeah. that we text to this text thread. And so I, um, well, 10 times 10 spread it out. Yeah. So just spread it out and, and I'll find, I'll turn on some YouTube video podcasts or mm -hmm. audio book or something, even if it's nine and we put the kids down 
and I'll just chill out and, I, and I'll kind of like stretch out in between. I'll throw sit-ups in between. And my new thought, although I, I know I now need to flip to pulling, so I want to keep the momentum going. I just found that the accountability is one and then sensing and feeling the progress. And there's been different mentalities when I've been facing discouragement. I don't want to be light with this word, but even like the S word, like, you know, Sua, I won't say it just on YouTube or whatever, but you know, I know that's a very serious thing, but there's been times when I've just been like, God, take me home. Like when it's been at its worst of just, I just don't know if I can keep going. I'm in so much pain in my arms and my arms going to work. And I think the mentality that, that chronic pain can cause you. Mm. So, but one of the mindsets that's helped me kind of reverse that is also, it took me 12 years to destroy my body to this point with bad practices. I might not get better overnight yeah. and there might not be a silver bullet. I'm into all the biohacking stuff, but I also, there's the responsibility of me building it up. In fact, and there's been these like signposts, milestones along the way. I was on this podcast with a guy who's a, 365 driven and he's like 50 deadlifting all this crazy weight and stuff. And he goes, you know, I, I was telling him a little bit what I was going through and he goes, man, right around the time I was 38, 39, my whole body, I just was like, life sucks. I'm in pain head to toe. I'm just pain everywhere. And he goes, I started to lift and I started to lift heavy. He goes, it took me about two to three years, but he goes, I'm 50 now. I'm pain free. I feel better than I ever have. So even hearing that story was like, okay, even if I do a, a 30 day challenge, I, I hope I can get there as fast as possible. But my mindset keeps going. If it, even if it takes two, three, four years of consistency, my plan is to be pain-free soon, but definitely my best decades are still to come. Yeah. Amen. And, and you've gotten so much better. I mean, obviously you're not in as much pain and the yeah. fact that you're able to do these pushups every day and work out and with Benji and do those things. It's huge progress in your journey. And you're right, 12 years or so destroying the body. Mm -hmm. It's no different than a lot of my Keto Camp Academy students who are, let's say, diabetic. It takes 10 to 15 years to develop diabetes. And it's reversible, like your condition is reversible, but it's not going to happen overnight. It took so many years to get to that point. Now it's not going to take that same amount of time to get back, but it's going to take some time and some progress. Working out is essential for entrepreneurs, for human beings. Like I know when I'm consistently strength training, like I did this morning, I did some deadlifts and some uh, squats, front squats, back squats. I feel so much better than if I go a week without working out because I'm traveling. I just start to feel a little cruddy. Yeah. So getting into a consistent routine is so important for all human beings and finding what that sweet spot is. I used to think it needs to be a 60-minute CrossFit workout when I owned the CrossFit gym. Now it's 30 minutes in and out, like very efficient. That works for me. Combine that with basketball, I'm good to go. But I want to know, Sean, in terms of biohacks, because you've done red light therapy, PEMFs, you're doing some different things. What is your favorite biohack that you've done so far and why is it your favorite? Yeah, I think red light therapy is probably my favorite. I've felt the benefit from logically, number one, it was a, a more motivation to also crush it in business is to generate the money to invest. And <laughs> you have this one, right? You have something similar to that? Yeah, like, I've got a, like a full the four panel. panels. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach says this, if you have money and you have a problem, you don't have a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so a lot of times I'm like, why? Well, if there's money in the bank and there's the potential that there's something to help me. And also the fact that if I've now looked back as a business owner, and my ability to produce, the best asset I can invest in 
because some of the things you spend, like my panels are like five grand or something. Yeah. To get the, you know, mine too. Um, and so you start, people go, that's expensive. And you're like, well, actually not really, because if what's it worth and investing in your health and what is your health being at peak? What does that give you the ability to do to produce mm -hmm. me being on the side of feeling like barely able to do my core work in pain, not, you know, struggling mentally with that and barely able to touch a keyboard or a mouse that what, I'm about to shut down. I was at those moments. Like I, I, how possibly could I have a bright future? But if I am able to be clear headed, strong and in good health, then I'm going to be building for decades upon decades. Yeah, it's invaluable. It's priceless. Invaluable. And then you're able to then, of course, it fills every other area. So yeah. what I love about when I also thought through the logic, though, I saw the benefits, all like the, you know, legit benefits from red light beyond the fact that it actually can impact the nerves. Yeah. And I was thinking about my nerve issues. Did you and, get that flex beam? And muscles. I got the flex beam yeah, as well. Cool. But then I was like, oh, it also anti-aging, reduction of scars. Mitochondrial health, yeah. Yeah, I actually discovered this. Um, I, I don't know how I stumbled across. I was watching YouTube and there's a, a particular lotion that also enhances red yeah, light. Yeah, certain essential oils do it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, also just thinking like, I've been about to turn 40. I'm like, I want to have great skin. I want yeah. anti-aging. I want yeah. all the above. Yeah. And the primary thing was pain and anti-pain. But I also started, and same thing with PEMF. F mats and things like that. I thought, okay, generally it's of course good to go be grounded if you can and get outside and barefoot. And if you can't, if this tool could help me do that. And if it has other benefits, I know it was Dr. Pollux. He seems to be a giant guy with his yep. website. Yeah, and very smart guy. Yeah. And an expert of that. So I thought, okay. And, and I, I stumbled over Tony doing the magnetic taco and he apparently does that almost every day. The magnetic taco. So, so he gets in, he gets in, um, I'm forgetting the machine, but it's a it's a pretty big machine that you can also wheel around. And there's a mat above and a beamer. Below. Is a, it a beamer? It's not a beamer, but it's, it's a PEMF machine. It's a PEMF machine. Okay, and it's one of the most powerful ones. Okay, I mean like thirty thousand gauss, gauss or something wow. like that. Okay, and so and there's a YouTube video where the journalist does it as well, and he's like, "Oh wow, I feel like it pulsates." So most of these oh, PEMF mats, you don't even really feel. No, no, yeah, you don't feel like this is you you feel it for sure, and so. When I saw him then, he's like, oh yeah, this has been a part of my routine. But especially when I speak, it's part of his recovery and being mm -hmm. at peak. And yeah. we know this guy, yeah, he's up there 15 hours. He's like, insane, yeah. And so, of course, there's a lot to that. But that be, things like that, me also doing the same kind of stuff when I have an event. So I started to invest in these tools. And so one of the ones I got was a newer one from a, if the, if the company's in Israel and... They just, Dr. Pollock was saying that machine's pretty old. The one that Tony uses still good, but it's an older technology. And so there's a newer one that also has two mats. So I have a mat above and below. Oh, nice. And it also goes like to like 30,000 gauss or something. It talks about how there's also two different things. One is kind of more like in a way, homeostasis and relaxation and what it's doing to your body. The other one's more curative and he's smarter than me, obviously. I, but yeah, so investing in a tool like that and then thinking about using it on my shoulder and whatever else, but thinking also about total body performance. So I would say red light. And then, yeah, I love the, what'd you call it again? The flex? Flex beam. Especially yeah, which is more of a targeted red light, like adjustable. With my and, forearm, with my elbow. Yeah, you're able to get it on there. With the flex beam, I've been putting essential oils on uh, whatever area I'm putting it topically and then putting the flex beam on there and it helps uh, the red light penetrate deeper. So What essential oils? 
Uh, Duterra, I've been using um, anyone from Duterra because they're high quality. So it could be Peppermint, it could be whatever one from Duterra. I also like Young Living. So any of those two brands is my go-to. Love it. What was the machine that you found? The one that you... Yeah, so the one that Tony's been using is called a Hugo Pro. Okay, that's Tony's one. That's like 25 grand, although it's a little bit older. So it's like 16 grand now on sale. The one that is new technology, Paramed's Ultra Flash aka the Curatron. And that's it's been on back order. They're a lot of times back ordered. Wow. And that's it's I guess it's an Israel company. And uh that can run you up to up to like 10 grand, 12 grand. But the Hugo has to be replaced every so often. Like spark gap technology, mm. like after, which is fine. The other one is more modern. And then it has multiple connectors. So you could do two mats or you can do a ring and you put it around different areas. You can do a pad. And so it's pretty high end, and that would also be for like a clinic. But of course, if you are balling, you could do it yeah. for, for home use. Um, and not? again, it was an investment not just in wanting to get back to baseline with some of the things that I want to repair in my arm and shoulder and neck, but also then just go off into high performance in yeah. general. So any tool that'll support high performance. Yeah, it's a, I mean, health is wealth. It really is. Yeah. It'll, it'll upgrade everything in your life. And it also downgrade everything in your life when you don't have it. And unfortunately, too many entrepreneurs wait until they get to a certain point with their health, they're diagnosed with something before they make a decision. And even for you, you know, you were in a lot of pain and you made a decision. I was obese, I made a decision. But ideally, we want to be proactive and not reactive. And that's hard. I mean, I think I, have, I heard John Maxwell always say that like most people don't change, right? Until the pain is high enough. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the highest level of wisdom and discipline would be to, to make that decision before you see the pain. Like you probably don't start working on your relationship until you have a blowout fight and realize it's yeah. about to split yeah. as opposed to just investing in it all the time. Right. You just start working on your health until it breaks down. But what, what helps me is envisioning my life if it keeps going in this direction. Sure. So like, um, just to give an example, I see a chiropractor who does trigger point therapy on my low back because my low back used to be in so much pain. I used to play basketball and I used to be out of commission for three days. Mm. She's the only person who's been able to fix it with trigger point therapy, breaking up the fascia, doing some red light. She doesn't adjust me like a regular chiropractor. She does it differently. So I know that my back has been in so much pain over the past few years, but all this year I've had no back pain and I've been able to work out and play basketball. So I would, the last week I was thinking, I haven't seen her in a few months and I know that if I don't go in for maintenance, mm. I might be in pain in the near future. So I kept thinking about, man, if I get in pain in the near future, I'm going to be out of commission. I don't want to be in that pain again. So I kind of just projected what my life would look like if I didn't go see her and I made an appointment and I saw her, right? So I think envisioning your life in terms of the pain is a good way to do it. I also wanted to mention that also, you know, number one, if you're not subscribed, they got to subscribe to your channel and do whatever you say, because <laughs> I just always call you and figure out whatever, but even like uh, NAD plus and the Mito Zen stuff that you've recommended. Yeah. You know, I don't know how the much suppositories. The suppositories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever I bring it up to other people, they're like, you do what? I'm like, my, my guy, Ben. Yeah. He's, <laughs> That's the best delivery for it though. Yeah. It, it, when you use a suppository versus like an oral capsule, yeah. it pulls into your bloodstream and then your cells that just absorb the nutrients for hours. It doesn't mix with stomach acid. It doesn't kill any of that. So it's the best delivery system. Yeah. So even thinking about like that, and on the one hand, like thinking NAD plus that I'm right at the age too, right? Yeah, Where yeah. you might start seeing Declining. a big decline of that. Yeah. So that would be more thinking about future and 
And then also the blue Lumitol or something like that, that you can buy. methylene blue. With uh, red light. Yeah. And uh, you were like, bro, my brain is like on fire. Dude, I do it before I do podcasts or recording yeah. and I want to really deliver. I, I, it's both sides. It'd be health, but also how do you get the edge yeah. for the entrepreneur, you know, or how do you, I've heard it said, right, that your brain is one, the muscle that will fatigue you sometimes the most. It uses so much energy to do knowledge work yeah. at an elite level, oh, to, do yeah. deep, <sighs> to do deep work, focus, put out great content at a high or batch produce and record 10 videos in a day or something. So important to better, protect it. To be very articulate yeah. and very sharp through all of that. I think that um, all of the above is a combination where I just want to stay uh, at high performance as well in terms of my mind, my focus, my energy. Yeah, so important. You know, the brain is 2% of the total body weight, but it uses 20% of the energy, mm. just an energy sucker. So when I am speaking on stage, like I spoke last uh, this past Saturday at an event in South Beach, I was speaking at 6 p.m. And I don't typically fast until that time, but I knew I was going to speak and I wanted my brain to just be performing for that stage right there and have all this BDNF. So I, I, I fasted that whole day and I ended up doing about a 30 hour fast and I felt incredible. It's like my brain was just so focused. I wasn't using energy for digestion. I was using it to crush the lecture. Yeah. And we could do that with the podcast, et cetera, with um, things that we do. We could use that energy. Fasting is one of the best ways to harness that ener energy yeah. and really tap into the innate intelligence. I need to do that. People always, because sometimes uh, I'll be speaking. If I speak in the afternoon, there's VIP lunch. Yeah. Or right. whatever. And I'm invited. They're like, hey. and I'm Yeah. Then it's I, tough. And, uh, and I sometimes do it anyways and then try to overcompensate with coffee. But you're exactly right. <laughs> the smarter move would be in that fasted state because you're razor sharp. Yeah, because the body wants to keep you alive. It doesn't know you're doing it to speak, yeah. to, to, to have energy to speak. It thinks you're going through a famine. So it'll pump you full of energy to survive, but you're just going to use it to crush your day. Hey, Keto Camper, there's something that I do every single day to supercharge my mitochondria to help with inflammation and soreness from a workout. And that is the use of red light therapy. This is called photobiomodulation, and there's a ton of research that shows the benefits of near-infrared and red light therapy. The red light therapy that I use is from Bon Charge. I simply use it 10 to 20 minutes per day. It has both near-infrared and red light, and every single day when I use this, I feel ready to take on my day. So whether you're dealing with gut pain, joint inflammation, or you want to just supercharge your mitochondria... Get your hands on a quality red light therapy device. And I highly recommend the one from Bond Charge. They hooked you all up for being a Keto Camp podcast listener with a 15% off coupon code. All you need to do, check out this product and all the wonderful products they have available is to go to bondcharge.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout to save 15% off your order. We will drop that link and coupon code in the podcast notes. Go check it out. And let's get right back to this episode. Let's uh, land the plane, as you always say, Sean, with uh, YouTube. So this is the second edition of YouTube Secrets. I personally listen to it on Audible. My fiance, Natasia, this is her copy of the paperback. You know, Sean, you are uh, what I call like a YouTube scientist. Uh, I like to dive deep into keto and uh, cell biology and cell metabolism. And you're doing the same thing with YouTube. And the book is a great book because it breaks down the principles, the the guidelines for YouTube, which is constantly changing, which you have a second edition here. And YouTube has changed my life. Mm. And it because of you and Heather, you know, who used to be a part of the team, but the entire Think Media team, 
YouTube has changed my life because it has helped me reach more people and impact more lives. Not just the business standpoint, which is incredible that I'm able to build a business primarily through YouTube with my academy, but the lives I've been able to reach. And I want to end the conversation with talking a little bit about YouTube because I know there's a lot of people in my audience who are watching on YouTube or listening on the Keto Camp podcast, and they've gone through a health transformation. They've lost 100 pounds. They've reversed their diabetes. I know some people have reversed stage four cancer. Those are watching and listening right now have a story. And YouTube is one of the best ways to get that story out there. But sometimes it just stays in their head and it doesn't get out on camera. So what words of inspiration can you share with those who have this story that can go on YouTube, create a channel, and share their health transformation and touch more lives? What would you say to those individuals? Yeah, I mean, I think you're a purpose-driven leader. And so I know the listeners are that same way and they want to make a difference. They want to make an impact. I think what comes up though, is that there's a lot of self-doubt. I think we have to slay some dragons, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse that come into our mind. That's like, well, who's going to listen or care what I have to say? Yeah. And I think the, the what's wild is people are looking for people that they can relate to. Almost anybody can follow you or follow me, but they don't necessarily connect at the deepest level. We can't relate to having have gone through something while also carrying a baby or being a woman or, you know, whatever, or being starting at age 50 or recovering from something at 60. So we a lot of times say your vibe attracts your tribe. I think the power of sharing your story, who's going to listen to you? People that are like you that can relate to you and you not sharing your story. I think that when you're afraid to share your voice, if you think about the opposite, what would happen? Uh, Chances are people that start YouTube channels, they're not going to become the next Mr. Beast. But the chance to impact 1,000 people, 10,000 people is so practical. We see it all day long. You know about people in our community um, and the chance to then, I think, secondly, build a business around that. So I think people are held back because they, who's going to listen to me? Well, there is you getting your story out there your unique story and your unique circumstances will connect with other people that need to hear it from you in your way. They won't listen to certain people because of ethnicity or, but it's not that they won't listen, but you know what I mean? Like they just, they won't connect until they hear, oh, you're in a immigrant family. You're in this type of uh, scenario. So YouTube's wide open in that regard. I think that some people also think it's too late thinking about these mindsets. What's wild is YouTube is still the most generous algorithm on the internet. It's still possible for brand new channels to start creating content and to break out, especially if they just know a few tweaks of just how to position a video, what kind of topics to talk about, and how you can get your content out there. I think that then it's also the fear of the gear, but it's all Mm -hmm. figure outable. And the cool thing is now just having a smartphone with vertical video, YouTube shorts, similar to TikTok or Instagram reels. And this stuff does incredibly well those watching this, listening to this have probably seen stories and video content come across their Instagram feed or on YouTube of transformation. Like that does incredible, that, that, that kind of stuff. You just, you, you start documenting your journey, even if you don't publish it yet, you just take photos here, you take videos there. Um, and then you stitch it together in these very simple apps. This is all figure outable. So You can overcome the fear. You just got to punch fear in the face and start knowing that someone's waiting for you and maybe feeling a little bit of responsibility that you not sharing your story. I can't even imagine if you stayed in fear, if you never started keto camp, like thousands of people, 
would not have your information or your transformation. I know what you went through with your dad and now thinking about other people that are overcoming diabetes. What would happen if you didn't share? And I think that's the responsibility we need to feel to the world. Not everyone has to start a YouTube channel, but we all need to do something Mm -hmm. because God has given us a unique gift to serve our fellow man, to serve others. And so YouTube is a great vehicle to do that. Technology is easier than ever before. YouTube is, it's not too late to start. And then ultimately it's a matter of, I think, just getting clear on a few simple strategies and starting messy because your first videos are going to be your worst videos. You say suck, 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 cess is the formula, the four steps. And so your first (laughs) batches of videos are terrible, but that's part of the journey. And I also, our friend, Shalene Johnson, we've seen her different events, right? And Yeah, she's great. She oftentimes talks about there was a fitness influencer that stated, she said, the person I want to help, she said, describe them to me. She said, they're at home right now. They're depressed. They're discouraged. They're laying on the couch. They don't have good form. They don't even really know how to get started. They're overwhelmed. And that's who I feel called to serve. And then she said, look at your Instagram. Your Instagram is you doing these insane workouts. You're in peak shape. Mm. It's perfect lighting. It's perfect everything. You're also at, that's fine. That's who you want to help. But also you're not relatable or you are so far disconnected from the people you just told me you want to reach. Because if you want to help like the 1% get to the 0.0, then that's good. And, and that was a light bulb moment for this person. But I would say there's two things. For one, the entrepreneur business owner that might be struggling is maybe because they're missing the market message match of sharing too much from where they are now, as opposed to bring people back to the struggle, bring people back to where you were, have really tap into that empathy. But two, I think about one of our students who's a plus size fitness coach. Like she's on the journey still, but has made so much progress from being insanely overweight. And now she's made some progress. So she's an inspiration to people. She looks a lot more alike. So I think that sometimes with people, I'm, they're not fully out of the woods yet. Like if, if you're still on the journey, you're like, well, I haven't, I'm not perfect yet. Perfectionism would hold you back. Well, of course yeah. not. It's about sharing your journey. And if you're one or two steps ahead of others, you can start sharing. You know, the final thing I'll say is I've got so much to do with Think Media, enough responsibility there, a couple kids. And it's great. It's a huge blessing. But I also see opportunities all the time. And I've told told you this many times. I've wanted to start on my personal channel sharing some of my journey because we unpacked it on this podcast over the last eight years, the amount of products and the amount of different things I've tested and I've tried and I've used And if we get a little bit geeky, one of the other reasons why I want to do that is because A, you can earn money as an affiliate. So if we shift from impact to income, there's also the financial aspect of all of the above here. And if you start investing money in your health, many of these things uh, give you the opportunity to earn money as an affiliate when you talk about other products you're using. And there's so many things I would love to recommend and I can link to those and that can become another income stream. But where things get really interesting, and I'm not a CPA, but of course, check with a tax professional regarding this. But my CPA tells me, when you start also shifting maybe, because there's a lot of things in health you can't actually write off, or there's a lot of things where some things you can write off, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, when you shift from the, the stuff you're investing in and spending money in is because you have launched a business around it. 
That's the idea. You have you have launched a YouTube channel. Think about it like this. It's a media business. Let me pull into this area. I had to test out a uh, GoPro camera. It was actually a Yi action camera, 4K action camera. I had to test it out. Well, my job is being a tech reviewer and talking about stuff on YouTube, okay? So in order to do so, I need to take it to its ordinary and necessary location of testing out, which would be the snow, which would be the mountains in Colorado with my friend Nick. So I was now not going on a vacation. I was going on a business trip to Colorado to some dope restaurants to stay at this cool hotel and then to go snowboarding day after day and to test out and get footage of this action camera so that it ultimately, uh, so to test out this action camera so that I could turn it into a YouTube video. I love it. So now I am able to write all of that off. And of course, like, you know, check with the CPA, but is that ordinary and necessary? Well, I happen to have a tech channel, then absolutely. So you start something, you're in, you're perfectly positioned for a lot of tax advantages because you're a health expert. So like, and again, there's also the way to write off things percentagely. I don't want to get into a geeky tax uh, example here, but take this all the way back to Rich Dad Poor Dad. That's when I first learned about it. Cash flow quadrant. You got to get out of just being an employee into being a small business owner, into being a big business owner and ultimately an investor. Yeah. Why? Because taxes is one of your biggest bills. And so- if you were to just start creating content, getting your message out there on YouTube, even if you don't make money in the first few years, it's not a hobby. When you have intent is what the tax code says to start a business. And even if you lose money for the first few years, your investment in your health could start being a write-off because you're documenting your journey on YouTube, a very legitimate side business or main business. And there's ways to write off, you know, you incorporate or you just start uh, itemizing your deductions and you can reduce your tax, your W-2 liability by starting a small business. So bottom line is, is starting some kind of a size business is a must do, I yeah. would argue for everybody. There's many different kinds you could start, but I think one of the coolest ones to start is some kind of a media business, like a YouTube channel, social media content. And if you have intent to do it with a professional mindset. That's what the IRS would say. Now, maybe it's just a portion of it, but you're writing off home office. So all the cameras, all the education, all the different gear, all the computer. And, and so again, that's why I'm thinking about, okay, I want to hire, because I would have the money to do this, but I want to hire somebody to help me film and at least start like a little side channel about like biohacking, because I want my cold plunge for three, four, five grand to be for a video because I need to review it and talk about it as opposed to just an expense with after-tax dollars. Smart. And how can I? And maybe that would be just a great thought to leave people, even if they never do YouTube. When you start thinking about how could this be? I heard Grant Cardone say that all the time. Uh, he's like 10 things he asks before he makes a purchase. Mm. Like, is this a write-off? Could this be a write-off? How could this be a write-off? And, you know, if you're going to buy a suit, if you wanted to do it, it's not. You can't technically write off clothes, put your company logo on it. Now you can. There you go. <laughs> and so different things like that. So you're like, okay, well, am I, do I want that logo on there? Could I get a cool logo? Just different things. That's a thought process. And I think sometimes chasing all of that down could be sideways energy because it could take, you're trying to save a little bit over here yeah, as opposed to scaling. not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. But, but if it is something you're obsessed with and passionate about, then it is something to consider. And that's where I would be coming from. You've probably seen 
That's why I, I love you so much and could, you know, geek out with you for hours because I genuinely am into the whole biohacking thing. Yeah, it isn't even just a tactic, a tax tactic. No, it's you, an actual obsession. It. Yeah, you were you were happy in my kitchen earlier yeah. <laughs> with all the supplements and the coffee we had. And then back to purpose, back to impact. That's all the downstream benefits of like, okay, all, you know, cold plunge, red light sauna or all this different stuff that I'm, uh, you know, thinking about health wise. It comes back to legit health and stuff I'm having in my arms, eight yeah. years of pain and looking around that, like how many millions of Americans have chronic pain, esports gamers. It's a literal mm. epidemic yep. of how many young people now are getting repetitive stress injury, carpal tunnel stuff, arm pain. And so I, I, that's the f purpose. There is that burning conviction that like, all the hours of research and books and conversations with you and money I've invested, like people need that. Yeah, I, could I know them. me. I dark night just just searching YouTube too for answers, learning one term. I didn't even know it was called RSI. Starting to watch RSI, leading me to different creators, and I've found people who have made simple videos who've also even just brought me courage. I discovered this one person. I know I've gone long, but as we land the plane who talked about she broke down. She's dealt with RSI trigger points is what helped her. Ah. It took a lot of hours per day. Oh. It took a long time to get out of it. But she broke this story that was on Reddit and she was narrating through it. And there was a guy in the UK who got to a place where he couldn't even touch a mouse. Well, all of a sudden like pain would be shooting through his arm. Speaks to the psycho. I don't even know. It's wild. And he went to like 22 different physical therapists and two started to help him trigger points and then swimming. Mm. and recovery in water and strength training in water through swimming got him back to a place where all of the pain was in the past. He could, you know, work at a computer, do whatever he wants, awesome. got it back. And, and it was about an eight-year journey. But I remember I'm feeling discouraged, depressed, lying on the couch, searching YouTube for answers and getting these green lights of oh man, okay, let me order a trigger points book. Let me start working with this lacrosse ball. And then we just hear this story yeah, of there hope. could be hope. Yeah. And so uh, you're listening to this right now. And, and whether it's a hundred people, a thousand people or hundreds of thousands of people or millions like you, like your message matters. Your story matters. Your context matters. And the nuance of this stuff matters because for many people, it's going to be, if you're trying to self-diagnose at home, Dr. Okay. Andrea Ferlin is in, in Video Ranking Academy as well. And she lives in Canada. She's won multiple awards. She's now a published author. They invited her because book publishers are coming to her. She deals with chronic pain. And she talks about, she does a lot of full-on exercises on YouTube. And so she realized there was a lid on her impact. She would see people in her clinic. She has enough money. She's happy to make more, but she had enough money. But she started to hear people say, what about this? What about that? She started to turn it into videos. She also started to realize she could help people that were all around the world that did not have access to good healthcare or good information. And she started to put stuff out there. What do you use heat for? What do you use ice for? In fact, I knew her from our program, but then also knew her from- um, Studying? Uh, no, from searching YouTube in pain. Oh, uh, yeah. Laying, yeah. Lay, like laying down and <laughs> being like across her work. shoulder extra, <laughs> you know, forearm release. And I was like, but this is one of our, and, and that's exactly <laughs> what we teach because people are, as they start searching for a particular area of the body yeah, or different right. things. And so, and, and that's what she said. I've been able to scale my impact. Awesome. I've been able to get more clients or get more business or book sales. And so, yeah, she's been able to, it's been very lucrative, but more than that, just like you, like me, ultimately it's about 
being mission driven mm -hmm. and realizing, man, we can change other people's lives. And there's this tool that has 2.6 billion monthly active users on it, YouTube, that can help us get our message out to many people. I think everybody listening should consider you got a smartphone. You could start messy. You could suck, 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 cess yeah. your way to uh, punching fear in the face and getting started. And who knows what might happen. You might be able to change a lot of lives and maybe start working from home or supplement your income, start taking better vacations or pay for your biohacking habit yeah. because of the revenue you earn on YouTube or whatever it is. So, Yeah, YouTube is here to stay. Uh, social media is a powerful beast and there's TikTok and there's now, uh, what's the new one called? The Twitter-like thing? Um, threads. Threads. There's threads. There's Facebook. But YouTube is here to stay. Uh, and I always tell people, it's like, if you're going to choose one platform, choose YouTube. It's the number one platform where people discover me, even though I'm on all the platforms. YouTube is number one. And everything I've learned from YouTube is from you. About YouTube is from you. So when I have like colleagues and friends and health coaches and doctors ask me about YouTube advice, I say, go check out Think Media. <laughs> go check out Sean Cannell. Uh, so I've watched your trainings. I've been a part of VRA. I've attend. I've been at your growth video live. It's the best information, comprehensive, but also put together in a step-by-step -step system for YouTube that I've ever come across. And I've read several YouTube books, done several YouTube courses. It's the best one I've ever come across. So if you're interested in learning more about what Sean uh, coaches with Think Media when it comes to YouTube, there's a free masterclass for you to download or not download for you to attend. We're going to drop that link in the notes of the YouTube video that you're watching. Or if you're listening on the podcast, we're going to put that link down below. Uh, I've done several of your masterclasses. So it's a free training. Learn about it. Hopefully it'll inspire you to get on YouTube and start sharing your story and whatever you want to share about. Sean, last question. Vitamin G mm -hmm. is my favorite supplement, which is vitamin gratitude. That's right the strongest, most powerful supplement in the world, brother. Yep. What do you got vitamin G for today? Yeah, I mean, when I wake up every day, life's a gift. And uh, just the fact that we have breath and that we can mm. live another day, the gift of life given to us by God. I'm grateful for my family, though. Uh, secondly, would be Sean Bradley, John Stevens, Sonia Cannell. Uh, man, I feel like family is everything. And that's my fuel to be fighting for them. And it shifted my life to a whole nother level of purpose and perspective as I started to see my kids and started to think about uh, my ceiling being their launching pad. And so mm, thinking, about, that. thinking about legacy um, for them. And that also, that's, it's challenged me to want to push harder and go higher just to set them up. Honoring my parents, honoring their parents, my grandparents' parents. We know we all inherit like, issues. We all got problems. We always will. But thinking about giving my kids everything I've overcome and every battle I've fought and won um, to try to give them the best starting point possible so that they can make a greater impact in the world. So grateful to God, grateful for family and kids, grateful for life. And I'm grateful for you, truly. Like legitimately, you're one of my favorite people. I'm thinking about you with such fondness. And I think about whenever you share, uh, I know you've shared in our community and taught in a few different places. People, you always help people shift their thinking, change their mindset, the work you've done, which a lot of times people still don't see the hours of research and the time you've put in and the sacrifice driven to truly make a difference in the lives of other people. 
our mission is to help purpose-driven people, you know, mm-hmm. crush it on YouTube. And when I think about the definition of what does that even mean? It's Ben Azadi, man. It's somebody, <laughs> you're a person of deep purpose. And so thanks for all you do. And I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, Sean. I'm grateful for you. Honestly, I, I wouldn't be able to reach as many people as if it wasn't for your work and your support and mentorship. Love what you guys are doing. And you know, what you shared reminded me of Michael Beckwith. He said, don't bring your big problems to God, bring your big God to your problems. Mm. And that's what you do, brother. You, your faith outweighs the fear um, and you show up and you do whatever it takes. So I'm grateful to know you. Everybody go get YouTube secrets. Where's the best place to get it, Sean? Amazon. Audible as well. If people like audiobooks. I have it on Audible. It's a whole fresh uh, edition for the second edition. And so. Where else can they check you out? Um, uh, think if you type in the word think and then media, think media podcast is probably one of my favorite things that I'm doing right now. It's a big focus. And so weekly podcast, and it's also a YouTube channel. And so it's a separate channel called think media podcast on YouTube. And then Sean Cannell rhymes with YouTube channel. So <laughs> that's across social media on personal accounts. Instagram is probably my favorite. We'll link all that down below. Sean, thank you. Uh, now we're going to hang out at the vault with Patrick Bet David. Let's go. Let's have some fun. Cheers, bro. Thank you. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sean. I love that guy. He is amazing. You can check him out uh, over at Think Media on YouTube. His his um, Instagram and TikTok is official Think Media and at Sean Cannell. We'll put all that down below in the podcast notes. Sean is such a good soul. Uh, I encourage you to go learn about YouTube with his free masterclass. We're going to drop that link in the podcast notes. Start your channel. Share your story. I'm going to say this. If you're not sharing your story, you're being selfish. People are suffering. People are dying. People are going on medication and surgery because you're not sharing your story. Don't be selfish. Share your story. Please leave the show rating and review. And please consider sharing this with a friend, like I mentioned, in a text message or on social media. If you want to watch the video version of today's interview with Sean, that's on our YouTube channel. Speaking of YouTube, (laughs) youtube.com slash keto camp. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with Sean Cannell and myself. I love you. I'm grateful for you. I'm rooting for you. I'll see you in the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.